This is AgriPulse Drive Time brought to you by the American Farm Bureau Federation, the voice of agriculture. Learn more at fb.org. Good Friday afternoon. I'm Spencer Chase. The Department of Agriculture plans to duplicate a streamlined process it has used previously as it rolls out $3.7 billion in disaster assistance. USDA's Farm Service Agency announced today it plans to distribute funding through the Emergency Relief Program and Emergency Livestock Relief Program. FSA says it plans to use a two-track system for ERP applications, including a streamlined process for producers enrolled in either federal crop insurance or the non-insured crop disaster assistance program. Those producers should expect to receive pre-filled applications early this summer. As for other producers, USDA suggested they begin compiling information from certain tax records to expedite their enrollment. USDA also plans to be quick with ELRP payments. Some eligible producers will not even be required to apply for payment. Jackie Fatka has more details and reaction from ag groups in her story at agripulse.com, where you can also find write-ups of John Deere's bullish expectations for the farm economy and a new application window for the Regional Conservation Partnership Program. Former Ag Secretary Dan Glickman says proposed restrictions on the use of the Commodity Credit Corps could hamper USDA's response to unexpected events. A House Appropriations Bill offered by Republican members of the committee this week would limit Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack's use of the fund after many lawmakers have expressed frustration with the more than $3 billion spent on the Partnerships for Climate Smart Commodities program. But Glickman says the department often needs that flexibility. It would mean that we couldn't do emergencies very easily. So maybe another country overseas needed our grain on an emergency basis. I could always come in and dip into the CCC. I wouldn't call it my little slush fund, but it was a very nice way to deal with urgent, unanticipated things that would happen with respect to overseas commitments, with natural disasters uh, that would affect farmers and ranchers all over the country. So the more restrictions you put on that CCC funding, uh, the less flexible the U.S would be in dealing with these problems. Aside from the CCC restrictions, the appropriations bill also includes a provision to raise the age for qualifying able-bodied adults without dependents to 55, up from the current 49. That language has been backed by House Republicans and offered in the appropriations bill, as well as standalone legislation and in debt ceiling negotiations. Glickman says the change should not be pursued through the debt ceiling. First of all, it has almost an infinitesimal impact on cost. It's an ideological thing. I think there's some reason to look at our work requirements to see if uh, the the talent pool, the work pool needs to be adjusted. But um, but it's a, it's a serious legislative change. It doesn't belong in a debt ceiling bill. It has nothing to do with the debt ceiling. Can you imagine if people on the Democratic side wanted to change computation of, of the price coverage of crop insurance, for example, in the debt ceiling bill because they felt it was too expensive? Can you imagine the outrage that would take place in that? Well, that's kind of what the progressives are saying in this piece of legislation. You can hear more from Glickman as well as Christine Cochran with Snack International and Adam Wortheson with Organic Valley in this week's Newsmakers on AgriPulse.com and tomorrow morning at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific on RFD-TV. Finally today, a Midwest telecom company has appealed to the Senate to ensure future investments in broadband infrastructure can stand the test of time. Justin Forty with Midcontinent Communications was one of several witnesses at a rural broadband hearing earlier this week. 
And 40 says government investments in broadband infrastructure need to be adaptable to changing technology. We absolutely need to have make sure that USDA is technology neutral. Our farm and agriculture communities that we serve and, and throughout the Midwest, we are simply not having uh, fiber wires dragged behind combines, right? They will not be delivering that service to pastures, right? It is important that technology neutral. Uh, future proofs that for the future of the ag technology, wireline won't always be the future, right? It's a wireless world that we live in. Now, here's a word from our sponsor. Today's AgriPulse Drive Time is brought to you by the American Farm Bureau Federation. Farm Bureau is calling on Congress to stand up for family farms by stopping the unfair H-2A adverse effect wage rate rule. Support the resolution of disapproval. Learn more at fb.org labor. That's all for today's Drive Time. For more agriculture, trade, environment, and regulatory news, visit agripulse.com. Reporting in Washington, I'm Spencer Chase.